This podcast may contain content that is not suitable for listeners under the age of 18. If you are 17 or younger and wish to educate yourself about sex and relationships, you should visit scarletine.com. That's scarletine with one T. Hey, I'm Alicia, your non-monogamous relationship coach. Welcome to the podcast where my friends and I chat about our relationships, enthusiastic non-monogamy, polyamory, swinging, kink, and our lives. You'll get a candid peek into what makes it worth it to live life outside the box. And in case you're still wondering, nope, we're not monogamous. Hello, hello, hello. Today, I have the privilege of digging into Hannah De Silva's remarkable journey. And this is a journey that led her from swinging lifestyle to the intricate landscape of polyamory. <laughs> we'll talk about the challenges that she faced managing multiple partners, the significance of setting boundaries, and the value she places on personal time within her unique and unconventional triad. This is a setup infused with a BDSM dynamic, and you will want to hear more about this. Hannah takes us on a candid exploration of how she copes with the intricate demands of balancing two partners with a BDSM dynamic alongside the commitments of work, family, personal time, and she shares the importance that she places on a clear hierarchy and boundaries in her relationships and creating a, a dynamic that challenges social norms and embraces individual authenticity. Hannah is not only an empowerment and relationship coach, but she also delights in the fringes of traditional society. She's bisexual, non-monogamous, embraces kink, and she brings the topic of sexuality and taboo out into the open, helping others shed social shame and live as their authentic selves. She's also a published author and the host of her own podcast, Kinky and Unpopular, where she invites you to follow her BDSM journey. So you'll hear more about the emotional impact of non-monogamy and the continuous process of self-discovery and the ever-present learning curve that comes with exploring the world of non-monogamous relationships in this episode. But real quick, I want to share with you that our podcast thrives with the support of our incredible Patreon community. If you're finding value in these episodes and want to get even closer to, nope, we're not monogamous, the experience, <laughs> consider becoming a Patreon supporter. By joining our Patreon family, you not only get access to exclusive perks and behind the scenes content, but you also help me continue to bring you these meaningful conversations. So you can head over to patreon.com slash not monogamous and become a part of our wonderful Patreon family. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed it. Bye. I pretty much have it down, but I still hang up on people. Like when we get done recording, instead of hitting stop, yeah. I'll hit the big red end button. And then I'm like, oh crap, I just hung up on them. <laughs> and then just type a message back. So sorry. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Talk to you later. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> it's like mic drop. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, but I am excited that you're here. <laughs> I'm excited to be here as well. Yeah. Super excited. Yeah. You um so before I hit record, we were talking about um that you have a lot of exciting things going on. And yes. and I was like, oh my God, I gotta hit record. So um do you want to tell me a couple of those exciting things again? Like as if you hadn't just told me. 
okay we'll pretend like <laughs> we have no idea what yeah. i'm about to say um <laughs> so yeah in the in the space of about three weeks so it's it's if i split it into two separate weeks so within one week i got divorced from my ex i got engaged and um i had my 30th birthday and then two weeks after that I had a um, press release in a national magazine talking about swinging. I then have a book that I've co-authored, be published, which is now an Amazon number one bestseller. Also talking about non-monogamy and swinging and just bits and pieces from my life. And then I've also just launched my podcast, which is about BDSM. So was that, did you launch that like today? yesterday literally yesterday yeah yeah I recorded it the day before and then I launched it yesterday congratulations thank you it's been on my to-do list for about a year but I finally did it no time like now when everything else is going on exactly it seems like the perfect time I've got the motivation to do stuff I'll just ride that wave out it can't go wrong if it does I can just kind of sweep it under the carpet and just focus on all the other good things this will get um, I also love the title of your podcast. Do you want to share you. it? Kinky and Unpopular. I love it so I was, much. <laughs> I was inspired. So for the for the people that don't understand the the kind of joke behind that as well, um, it's a fetish website called FetLife, and they have a kind of explore section called Kinky and Popular. Um, so I kind of stole that and turned it around a little bit. Just because I nearly forgot the title, actually. I came up with it a few months ago. And then we recorded the episode. We were about to post it. And we're like, what what was the title I was going to use? It was really good. And it took us about an hour to remember what it was. But we got there in the end. And it was worth it, I hope. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, Okay, so, so I am curious. Obviously, I talk a lot about non-monogamy on Nope, We're Not Monogamous. Um, So I'm curious about your relationship style, structure, uh, preference. What what do you, what's your relationship philosophy? (laughs) So I would say it's changed. I definitely went through Nick's kind of exploration phase. So I'd say my... It's kind of a background thing. I think I started swinging when I was about 19, when I was with my ex. And so I was kind of uh, engaged slash married at the time. And so, yeah, that was our way of kind of exploring the non-monogamous side. Um, And then when things ended with him and I moved on, I basically knew that I wanted to be polyamorous. That was, I was just like, this is something that I need in my life. This is something that I have to explore. I want the freedom to have those connections, to not be kind of tied down in a relationship, to have that space to be me and not have to hold back parts of myself, not to kind of have this awkward thing where you can't really connect with people fully because you're worried about what your partner's going to think, or you're worried about, you know, crossing these boundaries and just all of that, I just, it didn't feel good. I didn't like feeling trapped. Um, so I started exploring and yeah, I was in a poly relationship for about four years with someone. Um, and then during that time I met my partner now. So I was kind of dating two guys at the same time and that was, yeah, difficult. That was my yeah. first kind of proper experience of 
polyamory. And yeah, that was tough. Trying to find the balance between my kind of primary partner at the time while seeing my new partner, having time by myself, working, family, et cetera. It was like, wow, let's get a little rotor going. (laughs) But yeah, it was it was intense. Um loads of feelings, obviously tons of emotions coming up jealousy all of the usual things you'd expect um yeah lots of difficult moments definitely but I think that time was probably the thing that I struggled with the most was finding that balance between myself like like the time management piece yeah definitely I had just got to a point where I had started living in my own flat in the first place I'd lived by myself and I was probably 26, 27 at that point. So I'd never lived alone and it was kind of my space, my time. I was just starting to get used to having that time, really valuing me time and then throwing two partners in, friends, work, family life. I was like, oh God, plus being an introvert and just loving being at home alone a lot of the time I was like this is this is not a good place for me to be with two people that I'm like trying to balance and everything else and it's like yeah a little bit tough but it works we made it work yeah if you could go back if you could go back and and give that Hannah advice about how to manage that what would you tell her I don't really know. I don't think there's any advice I could give myself to make it work better. I think at that point, I'd probably got to a point where I was being very firm with what I wanted. And I'd kind of almost gone into this kind of no fucks attitude where I was like, okay, well, this is this is my space. This is my time. I invite you into my time. Like it was a very conscious choice. I'd kind of got past this phase of always being with people and always doing what other people wanted because it was expected and I was like no I'm liking my space like do you want to meet up do you want to go do something no I'm gonna stay at home what do you do I have no idea watch film eat chocolate I I have no idea but I'm having me time and I just stuck with that and I think it was a bit of a challenge to start with but it was needed so yeah, yeah I think I wouldn't necessarily change anything I wouldn't necessarily have anything that I would give myself advice wise but that was probably the biggest thing that helped me do that was just that real nope this is my space my time I invite you into this it's a conscious choice every single time if I do not want to spend that time with you I will quite happily say that like no I'm good by myself like you know let's arrange it for another day or you know even just last minute things as well we'd arrange my plans and it's like I'm really not feeling it today just like okay cool reschedule for another day and I was lucky that both of them were very kind of understanding of that and yeah really I can't think of the word but they just really held that space for me to kind of just be like nope I'm I'm good doing my own thing so that yeah. was probably yeah what I would advise other people to do if they're in a similar situation is to really like have those boundaries in place and really feel them and feel un- like unapologetic about saying, I want to spend time by myself because that is such a great skill that I think so many people don't pick up quick enough, especially oh with God, multiple if partners. I had known and- that, 
If I had known that by the time I was 30, holy shit, my life would be different. (laughs) (laughs) So different. It Uh, is good. No, it doesn't always work in every situation. Like I struggle more with that now than I did back then. Um, But I think that's because, you know, I'm, I'm living with a partner. I'm living with two and it's trying to find that balance is like, yeah, it's more difficult when you don't have space to escape to. So I've kind of got to go outside the house and like go to a coffee shop and spend time by myself. And that's great. But then for for me personally, like especially the beginning of this kind of dynamic, dealing with the spaces of jealousy in that as well. Like me leaving the house, going to get coffee and in the back of my head, just that little voice being like, they're together, what are they doing? Just being like, I'm trying to relax here, like leave me alone. So like that's been more difficult, but in a very different way. But that in itself has been a journey. Yeah, so there's three of you that live together? Yes, yes. So um, my partner, Zach and I are engaged. Um, So male partner and then together we own a BDSM slave as well so a submissive partner um so it's kind of like a triad setup but also not because the BDSM dynamic means that it's not a kind of traditional romantic relationship like we do not see her as a girlfriend she is not a romantic partner but she's still part of our family she's still part of our kind of unit so it's a bit unusual but it's still got the same challenges that kind of the traditional triad would have um and it's yeah Yeah. just a nightmare easier in some ways more difficult in others um I imagine wow okay that is fascinating (laughs) and and my head is I've got so many questions Mm because I imagine so I also have a triad um where we live together um mm, where I am not engaging in the BDSM (laughs) portion of that. Right. Yes. Um, and so I'm curious about, I imagine it's a lot easier to create, uh, boundaries and agreements. Yes. Yeah. In terms of hierarchy, obviously that is set in stone and that is very clear and it works really well for us because her place being kind of the non-primary is exactly what she wants. She does not want to be a primary. She does not want to encroach on our relationship. She's the separate entity yet still within our bubble. So in terms of that kind of issue that I think a lot of couples have in terms of like, okay, you've got to balance the time between partners. You've got to make it equal and fair. We don't have that problem because that doesn't even come into play. So in that respect, it becomes a lot easier to deal with. It's kind of like there is absolutely nothing wrong with us being like, we want a night to ourselves, go into the other room. She's like, yep, cool, have fun. Yeah. yeah. So that aspect makes it so much easier. Uh-huh. And yet the jealousy still comes up. Oh, yeah, massively. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I, wow. Okay. Um, I shouldn't be surprised because I'm notoriously jealous. So... <laughs> <laughs> and all of the different ways I've tried to combat it by mm. uh, circumstance haven't worked. The only things have been like, you know, my own internal shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. But but I, I love that. So I'm curious, do you guys have a plan in place for 
for like if that dynamic no longer works for her? So it's something, so we've been in the dynamic for now for coming up to a year. Um, so it's been, you know, a good amount of time. We're kind of still going through challenges, definitely, but it's it's more kind of balanced out now to like a natural rhythm. And honestly, like it, it's not on any of our radars for that not to happen. Um, but yeah, just the nature of the, the BDSN dynamic, it would be if that did come to an end completely, we would probably lose contact, um, yeah. probably for at least a set period of time, just no contact, just the way that she kind of works in those dynamics. It's very much a all in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it would be tough if that happened. It's not something that we've necessarily talked about because it's nowhere near as kind of, you know, we'd probably know a year in advance whether that was likely to happen. So we'd kind of have that time to plan it and transition and figure all the details out. But yeah, probably not likely to happen. It's not planning to anyway. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, nobody plans on that. At least we, I mean, I don't know. I guess some people do. (laughs) Skate plans. Right? (laughs) Um, I'm curious. Do you feel like uh, polyamory is a choice? Or an identity? <sighs> my my gut feeling says identity. I would say that it is a part of my identity. I think it can be a choice as well, though, yeah. because I think as with any identity, you could choose not to live by that identity. Yeah. So in a sense, it's a little bit of both for me. I have chosen to live as that. That is what works for me that is what I want for my life and I've kind of chosen to bring that in so yeah I'd like to say that it's an identity but I think in the way that the society is at the moment it's probably more of a choice that people have to make Mm. because it's not a choice that we get given monogamy is still a default and anything outside of that is seen as something different hopefully one day that won't be the same and then it can be an identity and it won't even be this big thing anymore people can just do what they want right that's what we're doing right yeah <laughs> we're trying uh-huh um yeah yeah I find like the more I dig into it the more I can look back and go oh it was definitely always there definitely yeah. 100% yeah yeah I mean I've I'm bisexual as well obviously the kind of female partner aspect and that's been a part of who I am since I was probably like eight. I think, you know, really, really young, I knew that I was attracted to women and that that's just never shifted for me. So like that was definitely part of my identity. I think I've always gone through this thing of just like the idea of monogamy. I, I enjoyed it. I think I kind of liked it as a way of, oh, this is what we're meant to do. The whole kind of relationship escalator thing. It was this prize to be won, this like... I'm successful at life because I found this thing. I've done the thing. And um, mm-hmm. it wasn't until I did that. I, I got it out of the way early, <laughs> did the whole marriage thing, had a child who's great. But then kind of was like, yeah, this, this, this way doesn't work. Okay. Yeah. This I've tried it. This doesn't work for me. I need something else. And I've kind of just, yeah, just weaved in a few different things and ended up where I am now. And I don't know if I'll stay the same. I don't know if things will kind of shift and change more but I just know that fluid kind of movement in my life is definitely what 
I need in some aspect. I do not do well with the feeling of being trapped. It just doesn't feel good. I feel like I'm repressing part of who I am. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Alicia here. You know, the voice you've been tuning into episode after episode. Today, I'm popping in with an invitation that's really close to my heart. Behind the scenes, I've been crafting something special just for you, my dedicated listeners. If there's a voice inside you that's seeking guidance on navigating the realms of relationships and non-monogamy, um, wanting to like boost your confidence and find that unwavering sense of security, or you're struggling to manage the tricky waters of jealousy... I'm here to offer my support. I've cleared my schedule to open up 50 slots this month for free one-on-one clarity chats directly with me. So this is your opportunity to dive deep into those pressing questions and come out on the other side with newfound clarity and direction. The availability on this is super limited and these spots are going to fill up really fast. So don't miss your chance to connect with me. Head over to my website, aliciapayne.com right now. Go secure your spot because together we can uncover a path to a more joyful, fulfilling, and easy non-monogamous journey. Talk to you soon. Totally relatable. Yeah. <laughs> nope, don't want to do that. Yeah, I was very similarly like uh, monogamous for a long time, had kids, did the whole thing, got divorced and was like, nah, not for me. Yeah. I want to do no. something else. And now how do I get my nervous system on board with that? <laughs> yeah. A lot of unprogramming to do. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. What would you say has been like, what's been, besides the time management, what's been the hardest part of that? <sighs> Probably the jealousy. Definitely. Mm. The emotional impact of it. Um, I think it's the getting on board your brain and your body because my thoughts what I want to happen what logically I know I want and I agree with and I'm like this is this is correct you know my brain's like I'm safe here like this is I do not have to be threatened by this other person in my life like this is fine this is good thing I can see all of that logically I understand everything and then still in turn I'm like oh my god what's happening it's just like will you just stop just chill and it's like they 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 don't talk to each other i've got one just being like calm down just relax it's all good the other part of me is just being like no it's not no it's not danger run run be sad be angry be all of the emotions just just ah it's just like okay well let's go and sit in the corner for five minutes and just wait till you calm down and then we'll try again and that's usually what happens and then things are usually okay but yeah definitely the biggest challenge yes yeah same Saying still, I mean, I've been non-monogamous for 10 years and it's like, my God, really? Are we still yeah. doing this? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, went I still through... have to feel this way. <laughs> I know I've, I've had that obviously not quite 10 years of it, but I had that. I think the last year has been difficult. We've had loads of challenges to overcome and just various things. And I went through kind of at the beginning of everything. I was like, cool, this is great. This is fine. Everything was good. And genuinely felt that, genuinely felt really kind of secure and everything and everything was just great. And we were just working our way through nice and slow and everything was beautiful. And then a couple of things happened that kind of completely just shook everything up. And we ended up having to kind of 
they were both like, okay, let's just slow down because we don't need to like rush. There's no need for that. We can go at your pace. And I was like, but I don't want to go at my pace because as soon as you give me the control, I am not going to want to give that up. And we got to a point where we started, we kind of all agreed that there would be kind of boundaries and limitations on what was happening, their interactions and all of this stuff. And it did help to an extent, but then, and I knew this from kind of past experience and just knowing what I'm like in general, I knew that that would be really hard to shift out of because I'm like, what well, you're doing right now is giving the really insecure part of me the control that is not the best thing for me. Like it feels safer, but one, they're still insecure. And now you're giving them control of the situation. And then eventually you're going to want that back. And that's not helpful. That is not going to, you know, long-term, that is not pushing us towards our goal. So we kind of did that for a little bit of time, really, really mindful of that process and kind of being really conscious and trying to kind of figure out the best way to find that balance. And then eventually got to a point where I was like, okay, all limits are off, all boundaries are off. Like, I'm trusting you. Let's let's have some evidence that things are fine. My nervous system is good. Had some really, really good weeks where I was like, I do not feel jealous. I have no issues. I'm feeling great about this. Like, I can go out, I can enjoy myself, I can come back, I can feel like I'm not walking into something and becoming a burden on their time. Like all of these things that you can kind of, can come up in these situations. And then like four weeks ago, just out of the blue, it comes up again. And I'm like, why is this here? It's like, I thought I dealt with this. I was doing so well. And yeah, just one of those waves, isn't it? You know? something happens that insecurity pops its head back up and you're like oh you haven't gone you're still here it's like it's like playing whack-a-mole <laughs> yeah <laughs> i got that one. Oh shit there's another one <laughs> yes yeah it's great fun people should definitely try it <laughs> i mean i promote it every day so <laughs> me too <laughs> right there you We're go like, it must be really something worth. you should do it <laughs> yeah yeah it's totally worth it though when those good absolutely. times hit absolutely amazing uh-huh. but yeah it is definitely difficult yeah. Yeah. I won't, won't lie to anybody I think the most non-monogs people I speak to they have the same thing when they speak to somebody who's monogamous it's usually like wow that's intriguing how do you deal with that or it's a I couldn't deal with that it's like yeah me neither <laughs> Yet I'm still trying. And here we are. It's like parenting. This was really yes. hard. I'm still doing it. <laughs> yep. It's like one day it'll feel like it's been worth it. I hear this is really rewarding. <laughs> Everyone <Everyone's> lied. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are good times. There are definitely yeah. good times, good it's moments, real. amazing moments. But yeah, they they do come at a a cost of difficulty but that in itself I think is great like the the insecurities that I've been dealing with are root cause like yes they are based around relationships but mostly they're based around you know my view of myself my self-worth and everything to do with just who I am and all of my fears and it's just it's brought it all up into the light And it's just like, let's just shine a massive big light on all of the little nooks and crannies of myself that I try to ignore and I try to repress and I try to hide because I do not like them. And it's like, let's shine a big light on them 
and let's deal with them. Let's make them feel safe. And I've got two people that are like, yeah, let's deal with this. Like we will make you feel safe with this. We will see all these pieces and we will still love you. We will still be here. And that is something that I don't think would have happened in such a way if I was still monogamous. I wouldn't have got that same depth because I think a lot of those pieces would only be able to come up to the light in a situation where I'm being triggered so much. Yeah. So it's like a blessing and a curse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can you, I'm curious, what, can you explain what, like, how do you figure out what those pieces are and what they need? Mm. So I think a lot of it is a good chunk of the foundation has been from my previous relationship and going through that process and knowing myself. And I was doing that at the same time that I was doing the, um, the Vita coaching training. So uh, spending like two years doing all of these practices, embodiment practices, all of this stuff. And that really helped. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things that as I was going through that, I didn't necessarily notice what I was picking up and all of these things that I was learning. And it wasn't until I kind of looked back and I was like, wow, actually, I know myself pretty well. I've uncovered a lot of stuff here. So I think, yeah, a lot of that was knowledge of a similar situation where I knew I was going to react in a certain way. I kind of understood myself enough to know what those triggers were. Um a part of it as well was from a previous kind of poly relationship. So yeah, so I had a a previous kind of poly relationship type thing. Um, and it really, really challenged my insecurities. And I had one side really, really supportive, other side not at all. Um, or not not in the way that I needed it, not in the way that was beneficial. And so having that contrast as well, I think, because I went through a situation where I didn't get what I wanted and I could identify that what was being presented to me wasn't matching what I actually needed. Then when I was in a different situation, I kind of had that understanding of like, well, I know that this does not work. So let's not do that again. (laughs) And then through that, it's kind of almost like a process of elimination to figure out what did work. And I think that's probably the key thing has been, I think this will work okay, let's try it. Okay. This part of this didn't work, but this part I think is good. Let's, can we focus on there? And then it kind of like, it's almost like this little branch that you just narrow it down and just split off each side as you find bits that do work and don't work. And then you kind of just end up being like, oh, okay, here's a solution. This, this is a good thing. And then things change and they throw out the window and have to start again, but uh-huh. <laughs> nature. Uh, of that's it. what I tell people all the time. I'm like, it's all yeah. an experiment. Like you yeah. have to try things. You have to have experiences. You have to have time like you can't there's there's no blueprint that you can follow and be like well this is how you do it and this is this is how you just have a great non-monogamous relationship that nobody ever feels anything negative ever it's just not possible so you have to do things to figure out what's what works for you and then you add more people and you're like okay now we got to start over how does how do these people need me to behave how do I need them to behave what (laughs) yeah yeah and all of those kind of the external changes as well so 
you know, uh, all of the the people on the outskirts of your internal bubble with your kind of direct partners, you know, changes happen there and it ripples through and it's like yeah. so many constant adjustments. It is like just, it, it is kind of that thing of, okay, monogamous couple, a little bit of back and forth. That's, that's easy enough. Maybe some outturn kind of external influence, but mostly it's okay. Polyamorous, okay you your partner maybe another partner maybe they have another partner so there's four of you okay and then you navigate that and that within itself has so many multiple layers and then somebody else appears and it's like okay readjust again it's just mm-hmm. it just can constant it can be like infinite obviously the waves um lower and i think they they get smaller depending how far out from the kind of the center point they go but it, it can still have that chain effect which just yeah makes things complicated but it's half the fun I think I I love it yeah I love it totally and I can I can picture or I can imagine right now in my head I'm imagining people going oh my god that sounds like way too much I don't want anybody to ever impact my life and I'm like whether sleeping with them or not or dating them or not like people impact your life it's just gonna happen jobs kids I don't know houses Mm -hmm. all the thing friends you're just picking and choosing what's going to influence it. Yeah. And it's being open as well. It's like the, I think the biggest lesson, I, there's there's a lot of people I've spoken to about being polyamorous and they've kind of, you know, they've been interested about my reasons for doing it because I think whilst a lot of people have very similar reasons, they've also kind of got their own individual reasons for it. And it was kind of like, oh, okay, so you do it so you can have the freedom, so you can go and, you know, do what you want and all of this. And I'm like, yes, but no. It's the, the freedom is nice to have. It's nice to have the, the space to explore that. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to or that I need to at a point in time. It's just having that there. The way I've explained it is kind of like, you know, most monogamous people are happy to be locked in, in a room. Some people are happy to be in a room where the doors are locked and they can kind of go in and out every now and then, you know, swinging or open relationships, you know, it's just like some people like to have the door completely open so they can kind of wander in out a little bit easier. Some people don't like being in the fucking room. They just want to be in the open space and they want to enjoy everything and just let things flip past and be able to see things and appreciate them. And it's kind of, it's that, it's that openness that I really love and for me specifically how that overlaps with the BDSM as well is surrender like Mm. surrendering to how these other people come into my life how they go out of my life yeah how they impact me how I impact them just really kind of trying to let go of any control over that and just going with the flow and just letting things happen as they happen Mm, I love and hate surrender all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> go with the flow and let go. Wait, I need control. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why it's the best thing to do. The things that yeah. you hate the most are usually the things that you need to do the most. That is probably the biggest thing that I've learned from kind of doing all of the coaching and training. That's pretty much my key thing that I have to remember is like if I'm there's a practice or something that I'm meant to be doing and I'm like I do not want to do this I'm like it's probably because that is the thing that I need to do the most yeah resistance yeah that lesson yeah I haven't gotten that one yet (laughs) 
I didn't say I did it. I'm just aware yeah. of it. <laughs> I think it. I think it for sure. Like, oh, that's what I should be doing. Well, I'm going to go play that. Zelda now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tomorrow job. Right now I'm dealing with this other thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> very, my, very important. Very important. Very. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, okay. Tell me about the book. Mm. Uh, exciting. Exciting and scary all in one. Um, yeah, I, it was um, posted on a Facebook group um, looking for people to join it. And it's, uh, I think this is the fourth book in the series. So it's usually around 20 people that um, kind of come in, share their stories around different parts of life. Um, so I know that one of the other books was around kind of identity and self-love and things like that. The one I'm in is sex, love and relationship. So it's kind of split into three parts. Um, and yeah, I saw this post on Facebook one day looking for people to kind of come and join this and share this story. And I was like, hell no, nobody wants to listen to that. And you know, that's way too scary for me to go and write a book about myself and really expose myself publicly like that. I was like, I, I just can't do that. And then a few months go by and it pops back up again. And they're like, we're really looking for people that have alternative lifestyles, that are queer, non-monogamous, anything like this. Like we, we need more variety. We need more stories. And I was like, shit, okay, yeah, that's me. And I was like, okay, I'll apply. I'll just apply and I'll see. So I just put it in. I was like, well, I'm bisexual. I'm non-monogamous. I'm kinky. You know, here's, here's my layout of my life at the moment. Is that interesting enough? And within... 20 minutes um the lady who runs it Serena came back was like I love it yeah come come join us and I was like oh crap I've signed up for it now I gotta I gotta do this <laughs> I took a um leap. yeah yeah and I was like okay well I've signed up for it now I, I can't go back um and yeah I just I started writing we got about um 3,000 words I think it was it roughly it's kind of we get like an, obviously a little chapter each across about 20 people it's obviously makes up a quite quite nice size book and I just sat down and I just kind of started writing um and I did it in two parts and I actually did the this is kind of all part of the story that I share in there as well but I kind of do a little bit of background, kind of talk about my experiences swinging with my ex and kind of just where I started off as a teenager and where my kind of my view of relationships started and what it kind of grew into. And then about halfway through, um, my ex who I had kind of entered BDSM and polyamory with, um, he died really unexpectedly, completely out of the blue, literally midway through me writing this book. Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was, it was tough. It was strange. Like we, we didn't have much contact anymore. He's kind of was moved on and really happy. And yeah, it was weird. Like he'd already been mentioned in the book. He was a big part of the story and he was kind of my, my entry point into this. He was kind of, he was there at the turning point and played a very big part in me being where I am today. So I kind of got halfway through and I was about to move on to like uh, my current day and I kind of stopped and went back and I was like, okay, now I've got to like write this in, put this emotion in, be vulnerable, like share this as part of my story because it is part of my story. Okay. So I just, yeah, I kind of reflected a little bit and it was good because it, it allowed me space to reflect on that relationship by itself. Mm. The lessons I'd learned, the things that I'd done. And yeah, I kind of, 
a little bit more in about that and then towards the end I kind of moved on to my present day kind of skimmed over that a little bit more and it was a little bit quicker but yeah it was a great experience it's got so many weird and wonderful little stories in it um I like to think if you know a little bit biased but it's got a nice flow to it and leave on a little bit of a yeah hopefully wanting people to know more which is also uh-huh. partly why I started the podcast because most people hear about my situation now and then they're just like I'm sorry you're what it's like yeah uh-huh. <laughs> yeah I don't have time to go over this right now but let me just record stuff and you can listen to it when you're ready because that'll be way easier um <laughs> But yeah, so it, it came out a couple of days ago. And yeah, it's all of the proceeds are being raised for um, the Hopeful Handbags charity as well. So which is um, domestic abuse victims, um, which is obviously an amazing cause as well. So yeah, I was really excited to do it. And I'm now being told by multiple people that I need to start writing stories and kind of doing a bigger or working on like a bigger bi- autobiography. Um, yeah. So my plan is to maybe start writing down some stuff now and then maybe just every year or so just do like a little chapter and like long, long term project, maybe like 10 years of publishing. All life project. (laughs) Uh, I'm excited. I downloaded the book yesterday and I haven't read it yet, but I think I know. I know everyone or almost everyone that's, that's written in there. And so I'm just like, I'm so excited to what is the title again? Uh, It's Love Thy Body. Mm, lovely yeah. body that's right yeah oh that's so yeah. good some really amazing stories in there. yeah yeah it's been amazing so this is the fourth one in the the kind of series of them um but yeah it's been an amazing experience to do that especially kind of never writing a book before and having that right. process and sharing it like that's it's really surreal um but yeah it's just been really lovely to read everyone else's stories as well and see the variety and I'm a bit of a nerd with stuff and even just seeing like the different writing styles has been really fascinating yeah Yeah. absolutely amazing but yeah I'm I am the last story in the book which I like to think best to last (laughs) that's what I'm telling (laughs) myself anyway Uh end Uh of the bag just you know throwing the weird kinky stuff at the end be fine yes yes I love that um amazing amazing is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would want to um, share with the listeners? Mm. I don't know. I, I think we've, we've top level gone over everything, to be honest. It's um, <laughs> yeah. Unless yeah. I start going through all my divorce and engagement stuff, but that's nowhere near as interesting. Oh, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> a whole other thing. And that's not very interesting for the, for the common person. <laughs> far more interested in the weird king dynamic than I'm in definitely uh-huh yeah <laughs> okay uh I have another question for you um this is for a segment that only my patreon supporters get called just the tip uh oh. and they can find that at patreon.com slash not monogamous if they want to listen <laughs> um so what is your best or favorite sex tip Amazing. I love it. Um, where can people find you? 
Uh, so I have a brand new shiny website, which is thesilvercoaching.com. Um, and I am across most social media under that handle as well. So I got a Facebook, got Instagram, TikTok. Um, yeah, I've also got a blog connected to the website as well, which I am got a couple of bits and pieces and I'll be sharing more about my non-monogamous journey and my kinky journey. And yeah, if you're interested in the kink side, definitely the podcast. There's only one episode out at the moment. But yeah, we'll uh we'll be recording some more and it's it's gonna be interesting. That's for sure. I'm excited. Yeah. It's <laughs> gonna be a good one. Yeah. And that is uh kinky and unpopular. It's definitely check that one out. Even if you're just being nosy and you'd never get into kink, guarantee it'll be interesting. And I think like, again, from kind of the non-monogamous perspective as well, we will be diving into a lot of topics around how to deal with the jealousy and all of those aspects. So like non-monogamous people probably find it quite interesting from that, that side of the fence as well. Yeah. I, I feel like, like the overlap between um polyamory and bdsm is and nerd culture is like it's yes. such a strong overlap <laughs> we're the weirdos and we're unapologetic about it we just find our tribe and we're like you kinky yeah i'm kinky you're a nerd yep you poly yeah pretty much okay cool we can be friends yep yeah it's funny when i have clients come to me who are like you know newly opening up and they're like but how do we like how do we find people who are like who have any concept of consent and like, mm-hmm. you know, like all these things. And I'm like, Oh, go find a kink space. You'll yeah. find your people. I promise. hundred <laughs> percent. That's all you have to do. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's great. I, I love walking into those spaces because for the most part, I look very kind of straight, like girl next monogamous, door. like, yeah, like I look very kind of normal. And then they walk in and people get to know me like bisexual, like, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Polly, interesting. Okay, so maybe she's a slut. I am. And then it's like BDSM. Okay, wait, wait, what? It's just like, yeah, yeah, there's 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 a lot there. Like switchy BDSM as well. Like, yeah, I may sub you, but I will also dom the shit out of you if you get too close. <laughs> that's fun but yeah oh. definitely the nerd thing that's something that I've definitely yeah. uncovered we're all nerds and it's great I think there's something about like once you step outside of the like social boxes it's so much easier to like every other box is so much easier to step outside of yeah because it just starts with one yeah <laughs> yeah I, I think I found that with like family members as well like yeah. coming out as bisexual and then coming out as poly and then it's kind of got to the point where they're like uh it doesn't matter what I tell them like I'm the weird one anyway I'm the yeah. the black sheep of the family they probably half expect it now they're just not like okay sure that makes sense yeah. like thanks if you like it's it great. I love it that's great <laughs> I'm happy so amazing uh so good talking to you I'm so happy to like actually like get to engage with you because I feel like we've been we've been in the same um world and social media and all the things for a long long time Mm, so I'm so happy to get to chat with you connect properly yeah definitely and what a way to do it as well exactly
And that was Hannah De Silva with her uh, Just the Tip for our Patreon supporters. If you didn't get to hear it, head over to uh, patreon.com slash notmonogamous and you'll get to hear her juicy tips. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to me personally and would help us keep this little podcast going if you would subscribe, leave a review, or share this episode with your friends. For more personalized support with your own relationships, we can work together on a one-to-one basis. Just visit my website at aliciapain.com and schedule a free call to chat about life, the universe, and your relationships. Bye.